What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today we have a special guest. This guy is doing some really amazing things with the food industry. He and his family have developed an amazing product, revolutionizing something never been seen before. He's an entrepreneur and he's a co-founder of Nutsola. Please help me welcome Adam Kukov. It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today we have an amazing individual, good friend of mine. He is a tremendous entrepreneur all the way from New York and located in West Palm Beach. This man goes back and forth everywhere. This guy is crushing it. He is the co-founder and CEO of Nutsola. Guys, I'm telling you, if you haven't tried this, well, you better get to it because it is addicting. Please help me welcome the one and only Adam Kukoff. What's up, brother? Hey guys, how's it going, man? Um, <laughs> just thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's been a little crazy ride, you know, since we first met, but you know, making things happen. So where'd you guys meet at? And why? Uh, in New York, we were doing. Was it at Sweat Four One One? Was Sweat that Four Forty? Yeah. Four Forty. Shout actually, out Cody Patrick. He know, he he actually. Um, yeah. We're, um, we were renting, right? You were, um, yeah. So the guy that owns sweat 440, Cody Patrick, and there's another guy too. Um, Cody actually had a gym above the sweat 440 here, like the original one in, in South beach. Right. He had a private gym up above it that I used to, uh, that I used to train out of. Yeah. He's a super nice guy. I think I remember yeah. meeting him yeah. that day. I yeah. He's a great guy for, for, uh, not saying the name right, but, uh, How dare I haven't you. been able to go to gyms lately. So kind of out of the loop there. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been an interesting time for all of us, I think, right? Like everyone within, like you know, we were talking off camera about you know the the food industry, the fitness industry, kind of the same thing, up and down, different areas, you know, being open, being closed, having different regulations. It's uh, it's definitely been a challenging time for everyone, I think. Hundred percent. And you guys were definitely talking about Syracuse off camera. <laughs> you notice how I made sure that yeah. our, our logo and our sign is uh, is orange. I was saying, you got you got the the orange going. So at least yeah, it's, at least it's, it's part of my Dolphins color. So at least I'm happy about that. Hey, the Dolphins just smoked my Jets. So you know it's uh well Jets just get killed by every team. So, so, so what do you think now? What do you think about what do you think about this choice that now the Dolphins did, where they claim Tua going to be the starter now? What's this um, whole take? He probably hates like it. it. I don't like it because I've been starting Ryan Fitzpatrick on my fantasy team. And, he's been uh, having a, one of his best seasons. He's been playing well. Yeah. 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 I, I'm only disappointed from him just because I thought he kind of turned the corner of, you know, building this winning, you know, this, this team that can yeah. make the playoffs. And he's the leader. He's a clear leader. And Tua, who knows with his injury, um, with his leg, you know, he's not that same mobile quarterback yeah. until he gets hit, you know, so... Um, no doubt he's the, the long-term franchise quarterback. It's just the timing was kind of weird. I think they should have let Fitzpatrick just run the whole, this season, you know, just let him run through this season. That's, that's, yeah. what, and this is coming from a dolphin fan, but you know, obviously I, I get the point where you got to get your, you got to get your rookie some reps, but I think you can squeeze it in at some parts of the game towards the end, try to get him, um, some repetitions in there. And obviously like if, if this Fitzpatrick's having off off game or something, throw him in there. But you know, I think the way Fitzpatrick was playing, I think, like you said, definitely to push towards the playoffs, this was definitely the better opportunity rolling with Ryan. And how do you, how do you hate the bearded quarterback from Harvard with the, with the perfect <laughs> wonderlick? You know, it's like, That's it's true. tough to hate Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, you probably have a hey, different, yeah. you, probably, you probably have a hey, different he perspective. Did, he did Listen, start with you guys for the Jets. He was awesome. We didn't make the playoffs because I mean, we haven't made the playoffs for like 10 years, but we had a great run that year. I remember beating Brady in overtime. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he's just one of those guys that just so much, brings so much energy to the team. And now it feels like it's kind of got sucked out after his press conference. It's so funny that yesterday. he's played on all his division rivals practically. Except the except Patriots. New England, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty nice. Yeah. I grew up a Bills fan. I grew up a Bills fan, so I I understand your <laughs> yeah, pain. You man. had Fitzpatrick too as a Bills uh, fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, his his two I guess best runs were Buffalo and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then I'm, Miami until now. I guess until now, yeah. We'll, it's unfortunate. We'll, we'll definitely have to see what's what's going to happen yep. with that. 
But brother, I wanted to dive in and um, ask you about your business. I wanted to ask you about how are things operating? How are things running for you? Um, I know that it's been a while since we chat, you know, way, yeah. you know, before even COVID started. So I would love to just hear, you know, some of the creative ways that you've been able to still put your, your brand out there. Cause it's, it's an amazing delicious brand it's so addictive every time he brings it in i eat i steal the whole bag from him dude i steal the whole bag i love hearing that no the the banana flavor the cacao flavor the vanilla flavor the pumpkin flavor like uh, the peanut oh my god like forget it like i literally grab a bowl i'll eat i'll put milk or yogurt and i'll tear the whole thing down i have to tell jenny to hide the bags because if not i'll eat the whole bag and that's obviously not a lie he's telling her (laughs) he knows i eat so Listen, I've heard that I've heard that before from people, you know, you got to keep it, you know, maybe in a safe or something, you know, to keep it really, you know, so no one touches it. But, um, you know, the business has kind of, you know, kind of flipped upside down when, um, it, it was February and, uh, we actually were launching our first retail store, air one market in uh, LA. So if you don't know air one market, it's like the most amazing, amazing natural food store, um, five locations. And they just opened up a sixth, but, uh, we were so fortunate with them because they allow, uh, you know, they allowed us as a small brand to work with them directly instead of like going through like a major distributor. And that's like the huge advantage of air one. So we were doing, I was, I was out in California. I was doing demos. I was literally living from Airbnb, to Airbnb, hopping around, um, and just sampling the product. And, you know, I mean, literally that's, that was the main strategy just get people to sample and then buy in the store. And we were doing really well the first two weeks. And then you started to hear these rumors of COVID and like, you know, what is this? Is this real? You know? And then, um, I came, it was March. That's when they canceled the natural food expo. And that's like the biggest thing I was about to attend where you can meet with all these uh, distributors, retailers across the country. Um, and when I came back, I was came back to New Jersey in, um, it was in March and then all of a sudden everything got shut down. So our retail strategy is just like, wow, like, you know, traffic just died in stores temporarily. And it was just like, how do we get a new brand in, you know, on the shelf and have it not just to get on the shelf, but expect it to move and sell. And that's the difficulty where, you know, I think the food business lies. Um, but I think fortunately we started a year before this, and like when I was with you at the, the event, um, you know, say New York, like just sampling the product, us doing farmer's markets, you know, week after week for an entire year, testing the product or going to like, uh, events like we used to do these vegan events or pretty much across like New York, New Jersey or Florida. And that was the biggest part early on with our business because we could, we have the tangible product and people can try it. And they have such an emotional feeling when you, when you have a food item that you like. And you can remember that, like, just think of any item that you've tried in, you know, your life. And you'll remember 15 years ago that you hated this type of food mm-hmm. or you had it. And you're just like, you just have that type of memory with food. So, you know, for us, that was like our main strategy. And with COVID, it was like, now you have to kind of like change everything. Well, definitely. You know? I know, I know the good thing, at least you guys, you guys are online, you know, so, um, you know, definitely I would say, I'm sure that's helped, but with all that going on, you know, how were you able to still get your product in front of people? How were you able to still get people to sample it if they were sampling it? Or how were you able to get people to actually take notice of this in, in an in-person way, you know, where they're able to test this out and try this out? Yeah. So, I mean, for one, I've always put a, an emphasis on our social media. I mean, while we're still, you know, still a small brand, like uh, creating um, kind of like an engaging platform where we can talk to our customers and people can get really creative with our product. If you've checked out our social media, um, you'll, you'll see that, um, about like our pages. Um, but as far as like trying the product, we, we did some kind of creative things where fortunately we partnered with like a third party app. Um, for instance, like Sweatcoin, which is a pretty cool app where they like have their own currency, essentially the sweat coins, okay. and they can use the sweat coins to buy like a, an offer. So essentially we, cool. Damn, um, we're gonna have we to hit up Sweatcoin, Sweatcoin, sweat it out, great. Oh, right there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's, legit, it's it's a great it's a great platform. And it, it helped us get the product to you know hunt, close to you know a thousand people. That's amazing to try the product. Um, 
And uh, we, we've been starting in the New York area, we've been starting to do sealed sample cups in stores. So that's been able to help drive sales as well. That's great. Yeah, I've never, I haven't heard of that one yet. That's yeah. actually, that's actually a great idea. Um, not that I, not that I sell anything in a, in a store, <laughs> in a store, but I have a, a couple of questions, you know, one, I, I want to kind of dive into, you know, what made you come up with the idea to, to start the company of Nutsola in, I, I, before we kind of dive into that, cause I'm sure it's going to take a while. Uh, you mentioned that it, it was actually really nice that you were able to work with a, you know, producer to retail store instead of going through the big wholesalers. And I've heard this a lot with, especially like clothing, you know, clothing companies. What is it that makes it so difficult when you have to go through these big retail stores or these big retail companies? Right. So, uh, which way you want me to answer the first one about how it like kind of got started? Uh, answer the second one and then we'll, we'll go back to, uh, how not got started. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the main difficulty when you're, when you're dealing with the major retailers is, is really the distribution. So if you think about, you know, say there's like 500 whole foods across the country, like how do you get your product efficiently and selling in all 500? Like there's no physical way possible. You could do this through, um, you know, basically you just distribute yourself. So mm-hmm. you have to use essentially a distributor and there's many different types of distributors. There's distributors, geographical distributors where say they're only in like, say, you know, Miami, you know, up to like Orlando or Northeast. Um, but many times these distributors are the ones that have the, um, the efficiency and they have the connections with these stores. Okay. Awesome. No, that's interesting. I was going to, I was going to add to just add to that. So with the distributors, um, cost wise, how do you, how does that work for you guys and and on their end as well? Obviously you don't have to give us yeah. specific numbers, but how, how does that work and how does it become a win-win scenario for everybody? So that way you guys right. are, are still able to survive. Well, you really just have to know your margins. So, you know, going into, even without using a distributor, you have to account for distribution. Like, so if I'm selling to like, even like a farmer's market, like I need to know what is my margin if I had to sell to a distributor and then the distributor then sells to a retailer. Um, you know, you have to put that into play. There's no way you can go into business without understanding, you know, the supply chain model of, of kind of what you're doing. Have you ever had a distributor disappear with your product? No, I mean, we've never, we're working with uh, currently three distributors, but no, I mean, there's never been a situation like that, but you have to be careful because there's I've heard that's of, why I asked. Um, you know, you have to be on top of it. You can't also, you have to know who the distributor is. I mean, there's distributors that are literally just liquidators and all they want to do is just sell your product to Whoever. say like a, a Marshall's. They don't care. They'll sell it cheapest price. And then the next thing you know, your product is half the price at a store. And people are wondering like, like what happened to this brand? Like, why is it like half the price? Like that diminishes the value of the brand. Sure. So you have to be very, I'm very cautious of that. It doesn't matter how much sales I have. I have to make sure that, you know, the integrity of the brand is always there. Makes sense. All right. Into my next question now, cause this is really what I, this is really what's intriguing me is how, how did you get started? What made you and in your business partner partners, like what made you guys, you know, get into the business that you're in and, and come up with the product of Nutsola? Because we're all fat boys yeah. and we like to eat. I'll smash all of that. I'll smash all of it. So, so my, my dad was actually, he made it in the house um, for years. So he first developed like the Nutsola mixture. It's probably in like 2012. And, um, and he was just making for the family. There was no like business in mind at all. And I, for years, I never thought of it as a business because I, I didn't really want to get into such a competitive space. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was different about our product is that my dad was making this mixture and the whole concept was to eat clean and stay away from added sugar. Which is a huge problem with, yeah. with granolas, right? It's like all, you know, everyone's like, Oh, yeah. well it's healthy. Right. It's like, well, did you look at what the ingredients are? And then they yeah. look, there's like well, a 50 grams of sugar. Like what? Well, yeah. I think it's, it's granola, but it's, it's, it's almost every product you see. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go to go to the supermarket you just look at the ingredients list and you're going to see, most products have added sugar or some, you know, chemical sounding ingredients, which 
it's just, I, I've always cared about it and I know I'm not the, the majority here, but I, I think people want to know what's in their food and mm. you know, that's, that's really important. Um, so my dad was, he was making like from the mixture, he was making like his own like energy bars. So they were like these fresh bars he was making at home. And he was just like basically adding some water to the mix. He would like fold it together and then he would bake, he would essentially we'd dehydrate it. And I would eat these fresh bars. Like I would bring like 10 bars to work. I would literally crush them all, you know, throughout the day, like just at my desk at my old job. And um, that's when I knew that we had something unique the fact that you can make your own like energy bars at home, like fresh, something that wasn't out there. And that's what intrigued me. It wasn't that we were going to come out with some granola product, you know, even though Mm. our product isn't granola, it's just, I can never go into a business if I didn't have something significantly different. Yeah. You know, I got to say too, that what it's something I loved about your product is like, you can put it on anything. Like, yeah. You, if you're if you're interested in like let's say you still want to eat some ice cream, you could put that on as toppings and it's delicious. And have you been in my like watching my house? <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy eats ice cream like crazy. Uh, I'm no a, I'm candy, a giant, actually, giant no. sweet tooth. But he's a sweet tooth. But it's just like you can even get ice cream, and most of the times, what kills you with ice cream? It's toppings. When you put Skittles and you put all that other shit, that's what kills you really. Not so, eating the whole. Ga- you're supposed to. So it's okay to eat the whole gallon. It's not a problem. Mm. Well, maybe, well, now they only say like 300 calories. <laughs> yeah. I'm not eating that halo top. No, no, no. I'm getting the real. I'm getting the real. If I'm eating ice cream, I'm getting the real deal. Put some notes. Well, yeah. My thing is like, whenever I eat something that's really sugary, that's, I know it's like, you know, processed sugars, I get like the worst heartburn. Mm-hmm. And that really affects me because I know it's, it's because of the sugars that that's why I get it. So if I eat like a chocolate, like a chocolate bar, Instantly, I know I'm going to get yeah. it. Like, get like a chocolate lava cake, you know, at like dessert. I'm I'm probably not going to sleep for a while. But so, yeah, with that soul, it doesn't affect me. What? When did you know that your product was a standout product? When did you know it was special? Like, when did you really know? Okay, we have something special here. This is something that sticks out among the rest of the things that are out there. To be honest, I always believed it. There was nothing. I didn't believe that our product wasn't special because there was nothing on the market. Like no one could make your own energy bars, even though that sounded like such a crazy idea at the time. I really did believe it. Um, I, I would say from doing like the farmer's markets and sampling, then you realize how consumers are using it. And that's kind of how you switch up your marketing scheme and, and advertise the product. Because I, I learned so much from just our users, the people sampling, like that's, you know, that, that was really it. No, definitely, definitely. I got to say again, man, like for all those listeners out there who have not tried Nutsola, it's, it's definitely one of those products where you got to get your hands on. And when I say try it, like get one of each flavor. Don't just get one and say, okay, get them all. No, get them all. Get, them get, all. get a variety. They're going to be gone yeah. in a week. Doesn't no, matter. It doesn't they, matter. They yeah. Get them like, all. Like, just like Adam said, you know, crushing 10 in a day. You it's possible. Will, He's done it. Do the, oh, probably He's done, done it. More. But, yeah. you know, I wanted to ask you with that, what what are some of the hardships you've gone through um, creating this product and getting it out there and pushing out the brand? What are some of those hardships look like? And, and I want to know from literally – the creation of it, the marketing of it, you know, the exposing of it, going to places like what were the biggest hardships during that process? I mean, there's, there's so many different steps in the business that I I go back and I look at like, what was I, what was I thinking? Like it didn't like make any sense. Um, but I'm fortunate that I have my dad who has a lot of experience with manufacturing. So as far as making the product, he's handled that. And, um, you know, He's so confident in that part. So it's shout out to Papa Kukov. Yeah. He's, he's actually in production right now, which is, which is amazing because we're, we're coming out with our fourth edition packaging, which is pretty similar to what we have, but making some really key adjustments that's going to help retail. Gotcha. Um, What is it called? uh, Sorry. What's it called? The packaging he's talking about. Oh, the packaging. You said a new, my bad. Do you, I thought you meant new flavors. No, I have it here. I have it here. It's uh. Hey, that looks fresh. Oh, okay. That looks so, great. Different than the ones uh, we... It's a little bit different. So the ones you have, that was all about the, the DIY bar mix, right? 
this is superfood mix. So we adjusted kind of the, the marketing there, but we included the ingredients. I know, I don't know if it's like really blurry. Yeah, no, it's, it's visible. Oh, it looks, perfect. That's and, awesome. And the, and the product image, which we improved significantly. Yeah, yeah I was about um, to so say that. For those of you listening, it's got almonds, dates, cacao powder, uh, coconut, chia seeds, and and what's the last one? Nuts, obviously. It's 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 spices, but it should we just use vanilla? Like we've vanilla extract, cinnamon, and sea salt. And for those who are going to so. visually see this on YouTube or on our videos, <laughs> tell me that thing does not look sexy. I'm getting I'm getting hungry already. I'm trying. Once you have all the flavors lined up, I mean, it looks. But you know what I love the most? I loved how literally it was ready to go to show on the screen. Like you just literally boop grabbed it and it was right there. I actually ran because I have all like I literally work with like all the packaging so I could just like see it visually every day. And mm. but we just got this packaging in, so I had to make sure I grabbed it just in case you guys you guys want to see it. And how how important is the packaging, right? Because you know I've heard that a few times from oh. a, a few different real t- retailers. But like what what is the the you know science or the reasoning behind like why people spend so much time i mean obviously visually it makes sense but you know yeah. is there like an, a subconscious thing that really goes through people's head when they see the package that matters um, yeah well i've actually spent the most time on the packaging so good call like it's it's just you know imagine okay so if i go to farmers market like i can actually sell to the person i can educate the person on the product right but if you have it on the shelf at retail store you have you can't talk you know there's not Mm -hmm. someone's coming by and they're trying to figure out why they should choose your item versus maybe an item they've had for you know 10 15 years and as a new brand we're doing something that's really difficult so i've always wanted to have really vibrant colors um and great visualizations and talk about like the obviously the key characteristics of the product and you know there's a lot of trial and error. So at first I had a totally different message. Now I think I finally figured out, you know, the best way to communicate our product because our product is not, we don't advertise it as granola, even though it is Mm. in the granola section, you know, our products almost like it's in its own category because the, the ingredients are more like an energy bar than it is a granola with grains and added sugar and fillers, which people are used to. And it's baked. Like our product's not baked. Mm -hmm. So does it help that it's in the granola section for selling or does it not help? Or how how do you go about that? Well, I think it depends on every, every store is different. You know, there might be like, if you look at like a sprouts, like I love their superfood aisle, which they have very functional superfoods, which aren't too intimidating Mm -hmm. that I think Nutsola fits perfect. You know, but there's other sections where, you know, certain stores are just like, there's like hundred different granola products and it's hard to stand out there. Like, I don't know how any consumer can choose when there's that much, there's that many options. Mm -hmm. You you threw out that term superfood, right? And I mean, we've heard it obviously a a million times as, as I'm sure you have, but for our listeners, you know, who are going into the grocery store, how, what really goes into making something a superfood and and what is the importance of, of, you know, making sure that you're getting in enough superfoods throughout the day, throughout the week? Yeah. I mean, I think superfood, it, it can be definitely a broad, you know, category, but you know, for us, it's, it's really just about clean eating, um, really functional foods that can help your, help your body. Um, nothing in there that's going to be a filler really. Um, but like in, in the, the package I just showed you like cacao, it's like one of the best superfoods, like it improves your focus yeah, people um, go crazy over jealous. cacao. Whole, whole ceremonies. Yeah. It's it's really <laughs> amazing. Like I sometimes just eat. It's weird, but like I'll just eat like cacao nibs, like straight. I like it's, cacao nibs. I'm a big fan yes. of those. Yeah. So you just it's completely bitter. There's no mm. sugar in it, mm. but it just gives you like a level of focus. Um, and all of our ingredients are very functional foods um, to help your body. You know, if it's a to metabolize or better energy, um, especially. You know, if you see like sometimes after like you might eat lunch, like sometimes you get sluggish, like that's a real thing. That's not, and it's, it's because of the foods that you eat and your Mm -hmm. body's processing sometimes bad sugars and that's going to, you know, give you energy and then you crash and that's not really with our product. So, yeah, I like how you added in the, uh, the word filler there too, right? Like I, I get that question a lot when my clients ask me about like protein powders, like, oh, but this tub, like I get a lot more in this tub, like, but Again, right? Did you look at the ingredients? Did you see? Did right. you look at how big the You're scoop? For like, shit. If the scooper is a hundred grams and there's only twenty grams of protein in there, 
What do you think is in that other 80 grams? Like, it's not just air, you know, yeah, there, there no. has to be something. So what, what is it? What, what else are you putting in your body so that you yeah. visually think that you're getting more than you're really getting out of it? You know, yeah. so I'm, I'm glad that you brought I mean, that up. That, that's what manufacturers do. I mean, they've, uh-huh. tri- they've, you know, they've tricked consumers for a long time on this, you know, it's save money. Um, I, yeah. I mean, it's to fill a bag of a granola product, like a normal granola, it's not too expensive. And that's how you get products at $4, you know, retail. Mm. So imagine we talked about, you know, they have to sell through, you know, a di- like a distributor and then the distributor sells to the retailer. Like how cheap must that product cost if that's, that's what the, you know, right. the, the retail prices. Mm. So understanding more, which I like this, I understand the understanding the way that, you know, you know, the consumer and, you know, what's attractive and the brands and the bags and all that awesome stuff, which I think is important because for anybody listening, starting their own company for anything, you're going to be able to use this as a yeah. much value. Um, I wanted to ask you, as far as the, the, the product goes, what have you seen as far as demographic wise, who has been your biggest demographic that has really drawn into your product? Yeah. I mean, I would say young families, um, definitely. It's usually moms like shopping for, for the family and, and someone that wants to eat clean and stay away from added sugar. Um, sometimes there's been an educational process on dates because like not everyone is like understanding how dates are. It's such a, it's like the best sugar for you. If you're going to, if you're going to have, you know, something sweet because of the fiber. Um, it's not like a, you know, like a coconut sugar or a cane sugar where, you know, that's where you get these, like, you know, your energy, you know, you spike and then you crash, you know? Mm-hmm. So Josh can't so, eat his candy anymore. I mean, I love dates. I love dates. You can't eat too many no, of them. They're pretty calorically dense, aren't they? I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, the but I want to eat a hundred of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like the fun, the thing is like, if you eat a date, like you're, you're not going to crash. No. Like, even though it's super sweet, like, you know, you're going to taste it. It's not like, but if you had like a spoonful of like processed sugar, like, yeah, you're going to crash like instantly. So I, I like doing that comparison sometimes with someone realizing how great like dates are for you. And, and understanding that with the demographic that we talked about, how important has that been in, in understanding deeply your market and that audience to be able to target them for the growth of your business. When did you really find out that was your demographic and where did you see the growth when you did start targeting them? Well, I'd say like everything came from really the farmer's markets like that we did early on where you, you learn so much about each person that comes and, you know, what are they interested in? The, you know, the type of person that's going to be really into like a a healthy, like new product. Um, you know, it's funny, like when I remember being in like New York, it was kind of like a maybe older market where, you know, people weren't as educated about food. The cacao almond was like the least popular up there, but it was the most popular in Miami. Miami is like what? One of the, if not the number one, one of the top five, like healthiest, fittest, you know, cities in America. 2020 got the healthiest number one. There we go. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like with our product, it's not just for one type of person. Like this product is for athletes. It's for, um, and you know, it, it's anyone that wants to eat cleaner and stay away from added sugar. And I can guarantee you that should be everybody. Mature, it should be everyone. And that's one of the difficulties with the product. You know, when you say this target, like it is very broad, but you know, I can narrow it down. I just think I want, I want the athletes to be able to use this product. You know, sure. I want, you know, it's cause that's what, who I was like, I was always like playing, I was playing every sport growing up and I always cared about the ingredients I was putting in my body. And when I started, my dad started making it like, you know, it was huge for me. Cause like I was, I would always work out, like work out every day, you know, play every you know, basketball, whatever, baseball, soccer, whatever it is. Favorite sport. What, what was it? Baseball. Baseball. Okay. Sure. What position did you play? I was a uh, middle infield. So okay. short and second. There you go. Yeah. You guys play, what was your, your sports? I was a catcher until high school. And then they realized, uh, why do we have a lefty behind home plate? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then they moved. They, and I was, I was, I was faster on the bases, but you know, very, very fat. So for me, they're like, we're going to put you at first base. You'll be fine there. You got a glove. That's, that's the unfortunate <laughs> part about being a lefty in baseball. You could play like four positions or yeah, five. But, the, but the best was that I played in upstate New York. So there weren't a whole lot of athleticism, a whole lot of athletic kids to begin with. <laughs> And you de- as you probably know, you don't put the you put the least athletic kid in right field, 
every time. Yeah. Every every coach will tell yeah. you you put the least athlete because there's not that many lefties. So I would just be, my whole goal was like every time I started to play, like okay, just get it over the right fielder's head. If I get it over his head, yeah. I got at least a triple every yeah. time. Yeah, that's 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 funny. Yeah, so, upstate there's not that much sunlight usually for no, uh, for baseball no. season. No, it's very so. cold, very cold in the spring. <laughs> tell you that much. Yeah, I played. I obviously played baseball since I was little, being Cuban. But I stopped when, when I went into ninth grade. I had to choose. You know, I had to choose between. I I played every sport, but I had to choose between football, basketball, and baseball. I went with football. Yeah. Um, stuck to football. Did wrestling too. So those were my two high school sports that I. You played. probably love putting on that leotard. Oh, I loved it. You should have been there. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd still be having nightmares if I saw you. <laughs> now, definitely with all with the beard and everything, I'd I'd freak out. Yeah, maybe get back into it. Who knows? Maybe yeah, Halloween's well, coming up. You never know. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, might, I might go in there and surprise you at your your apartment. Oh my god, I'd die. Yeah, that would, yeah. <laughs> I would die. Yeah. No, not if I brought a bag of nozolo with me. Uh then I I yeah. just grab the bag yeah. and then slam the door in your <laughs> face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Thanks, man. You yeah. have to wrestle me for it. Yeah. With no. Leotard. No, just blow your name. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, you know, we we had mentioned COVID before. Obviously, we've been talking about your processes, uh, you know, getting started and who you're targeting and everything. You know, what are some ways, I mean, you, you also mentioned, you know, like the, the Reese or the sealable, you know, trial packs, uh, what are some other things that you guys have been doing and, and where do you kind of see the business moving forward in, in this kind of, I, I hate using this term, but this like new normal that we're in. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, you know, we still have a heavy focus on retail and getting into stores because things are opening up. I mean, as, as, you know, as crazy times are, I mean, people want to get out, they want to. You know, we want to shop. Um, and you want to taste heavy, food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good food. So, so what we've been doing is um, we've worked with some sales and merchandising teams to help get us in more stores across the country. Um, and we're, we're kind of geographically located. So we try to do like the Northeast, um, New England. And then we have SoCal, which is an amazing, that could be like the best market for us. Which I was going to ask you. Um, and then, yeah, in South Florida, we're in like Milam's, which is a great, you know, chain. Um, and uh, really, like, it's really dictating off this packaging that we have because we switch from a 10-ounce to an 8-ounce um, lower price point. And that's one of the things, like, I would recommend to anyone is know your price, know, the, know what the market will pay for the product and have it, you know, at a point where you know it's going to move in the store, you know, because it's, it's different once in the store versus, you know, selling at a market completely different. So... That's something that we've we've learned kind of the hard way, but now we have the opportunity to sell to any major retailer across the country and really see the business just, you know. You feel like up. people buy more or buy in bigger bulk when they when they go to farmers markets and stuff like that because it's fresh or or you know just I, in I, general I, I would say but obviously your products are a little I, different. I, but. Yeah, I don't think anyone has like a price mark. There's nothing to compare, right? So you, you're going there, you're supporting a local business because you feel good about doing that. It's right. a, totally different scenario yeah i um, go to the farmer's market to get a lot of food and eat it there and then buy more and take it home yeah. <laughs> yeah. but for sure it is a freshness thing you go to a farmer's market and i hate calling it like a farmer's market because like markets i go there's no like yeah you know, i don't see a lot food. of yeah i don't see a lot of actual yeah. farmers there yeah it's, I, I think of it Aren't as you like a farmer josh weren't you a farmer? i used to work on a couple farms bailing hay though <laughs> i bailed hay I yeah yeah i think of it as your like store for the day so mm. it's really cheap to own your store for the day and you can have all the customers come through and you can, you know, ask them if they want to try. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way I think of it. So how long now are you fully, have you fully been operating with Natsola as a legit, I know your dad started, you've been making these since 2012 with your dad, but legit, legit as a business, because oh, yeah. obviously it obviously shows you've gone through a process ups and downs, trials and errors, trying different things, but you never gave up. And I think that's one of the most important things that I think our listeners can take away here too, is that you guys have not given up and you continue to push even during COVID, all these, you know, trial and errors and, and going from a moment where you're like, man, testing all these things out in so in, in South, in, in, um, in California, um, where you were literally doing Airbnbs and saying you were having attending some great shows and exhibitions and boom, you get hit. But you still got up and you kept going. You never gave up on your brand and on your vision on your and having that spirit. So, you know, how long you guys been operating and what's really kept you, you know, besides knowing that your product's amazing, what's kept you moving? What's kept you saying, you know what, this is we, why we got to keep yeah, pushing even I mean, during these times? 
So we launched a Kickstarter, which I didn't mention. That was in, that's like how we got our, you know, the hype up with our business. We didn't really have our website, but it's a great platform to like bring friends and family to, you know, to support. Um, that was in uh, January, 2019. Okay. And then we became fully operative um, in June of 2019. So since then, you know, say that whole first year, we were just doing the markets, sampling the product, and then we started retail this, this February. So we couldn't be a worse time to probably start in retail. Like <laughs> think about it. But, hey, but a, lot, know, I, a lot of learning lessons from that, right? You got, you got the hard part oh out God. of the way. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. Well, our product, it's, you know, I, I think our product, it's pandemic proof. Like, mm. I, you know, people want to be, they want to be healthier even before that, you know? Um, yeah. A lot of more people snacking, right? Yeah. You know, hey, snack yeah. on good shit and protect your immune system. I mean, people were starting to care more about ingredients. Like this was already a trend. You look with mm. RX bar, how they put the ingredients on the front of the package, you know, um, with our product, you know, we, we're coming in with like a, a new kind of category of like, for instance, in the granola aisle. Right. So, you know, I think, um, you know, it's just, it's just honestly a matter of time, you know, before things start to open up and there's never been a, a scenario where I actually thought our, our business wouldn't do well. It's just, I know there's a grind that just takes every day. And I have like an addiction to that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't stop. I never get bored ever. There's always something new and you, you kind of, you learn from your mistakes. That's the key is like, you, I'm always, I'm a for failing as much as you can, because you always know if you're, if you're a smart you know, business person, you know how to, you have to correct it instantly, be like swift on your feet and uh, you know, make that next decision. And if right? you're not so. a smart business person, how can they start getting smarter? Um, I fail mean, more. I, well, you fail more, but I think you just got to, you got to test things, right? You got to, you got to learn from people. Um, you know, there's a wealth of knowledge out there. You know, you can go, depending on what you're interested in doing, you know, just you know, go to YouTube and like start watching videos YouTube, on stuff. Google, or, find the mentor, go yeah. anywhere. We have it. No excuses. Yeah. <laughs> I taught myself Excel on YouTube. I bet, dude. I've taught myself so many Final Cut Pro. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a I'm not an Excel wizard by any means, but you know, I I can yeah. I can do a a decent sized V lookup if yeah. I have to. You know, that's how I learned <laughs> how to edit sure, videos. Yeah. yeah, when I first started yeah. doing videos and it was Final Cut Pro, learn on YouTube. Yeah, Done. you'd be surprised yeah. how much stuff you can actually learn. Um, yeah, I think one thing I miss though is like, you know, we're building this retail strategy, but really I'm trying to, to grow our direct consumer business. So like on our website. Mm. And the reason for that is because we can build a genuine relationship with every customer. And there's so much detail that goes into selling on, on your site. It's not as easy as just having a gotcha. site. Like you need to have your communication, all the automation up and running. Mm -hmm. um, you need to have your price point so you can advertise. We didn't have our price point ready for pretty much the entire, you know, first year. So there are things we tried and we just, we weren't getting ROI, but you know, you see brands that have done it well and you can kind of emulate that and put that in your own, you know, flavor, like no pun intended, but like, you right. know, great pun though. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to go. I'm I'm glad that you, you brought that up, right. Cause it, it is a big fear itself is, is, you know, crippling to a lot of people, right. And like, Oh, I don't want to yeah. fail or, you know, it's, and we mention it all the time. Like you, you have to fail, you have to fail and you have to, yeah. as you, as you mentioned, right. You have to be able to learn from those failures swiftly and then make a, a you know, a unilateral decision or, or whatever decision it may be and, and run with it, you know, and right. not look back because it's like, okay, I got to try this out now. And okay. If this doesn't work over well, then I'm, then I move on. Um, what, what would you say are, are, I mean, you kind of touched upon some of those, but what would you say is been like the biggest learning experience as you started to build out this direct to consumer, uh, business? Cause I feel like a lot of our listeners at home are, are probably, you know, with the, the COVID era, uh, trying to yeah. figure out, uh, for themselves, you know, how they're going to go about selling their product directly to their consumer. Yeah. I mean, I think, you have to first off understand the platform that you're selling on. So we use Shopify, which is pretty amazing um, platform. And they have so many resources that you can have to, you know, to improve the customer experience. One thing I've been talking about, I've been harping on to like our team here is, you know, Amazon has done this the best out of any, any online business, as far as the consumer shopping experience, they get every customer come on, they can order whatever type of product they want within like a couple seconds. 
And Shopify is trying to improve that. They're trying to match that. And you see more consumers are being, they're more comfortable with shopping on like a Shopify site, like very, very quick process. So that's one thing that you kind of learn the hard way is just, that's such an important part of the, the experience for a consumer. Um, I would say another is just know your messaging. One thing that, because our product has evolved over time, it was very difficult. And, you know, I think our products are maybe a little different than, you know, if someone's listening, you know, they, they might know exactly what the product is and, you know, they don't have to go through this step. But for us, we had to change the messaging over time and kind of explain the product because our early Kickstarter, Kickstarter backers knew our product completely different from what it is today. So that, and then pricing really understand your margins. Um, because if you want to be able to scale your business, you're going to have to be able to advertise, um, to get traffic to your site. And, um, that's, you know, that you need to make sure you have enough money to play with so you can be profitable because, yeah. I really think you hit on some really big, important points there. And I definitely know a lot of people are going to be able to use that for their own, um, side hustle business, full-time job, whatever it is that they're going to be doing. Um, there's one thing you mentioned there and you mentioned team. I wanted to ask you, how big is your team and how important has it been for you to be able to build a team? Because it obviously sounds and it shows that you're doing a lot. And from everything we're hearing, there's a lot of different things going on. And I'm sure you've played a lot of different hats in, in this process. But how how big is your team and how important is it to have a team and how big do you want your team yeah. to get? Well, team is the most important thing of growing your business. Like there's not one person that could say they could just they could just do everything themselves. Right. Um, I mean, this comes from playing sports like you guys know, like you know, having, you know, your teammates, you know, that collaboration, the energy, you know, having different viewpoints on things like that's all part of the team. Um, so the team, my dad and I, uh, were, were the co-founders. And then, uh, I have a social media manager, um, Maria, who's been amazing. Um, and I've had other people to help throughout the journey, but then we added a bunch of interns. Like I have three from Syracuse who hey. are helping out big time. Shout out. Yeah. Um, and then I got a couple others, um, that, that are helping. And, um, I outsource a lot of work. So this is not like talking like full-time people, like as a startup business, like you can't afford to pay full-time until you, For sure. you know, start scaling the business. And I, I think we're fairly, we're close to that, but you know, still like, I'm not, I'm not trying to spend money. I'm trying to invest everything back into the business. Um, but the team, everyone is so supportive, even if it's outsourced work. I consider them a part of our team because they're, they're going through our journey. They understand our product, um, our style branding, you know, and just having this kind of community of people who support the business is just so essential because without 100%. them, there's no way you could handle social media to sales to, Dude. you know, to, <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, it's, we it's understand, endless. we understand we're in yeah. that process right now. Yeah. So it's, yeah. A, it's, it's wild how much work, like once you get into the, like, especially the retail business, it's like, wow, like it's just a whole other world that you didn't have before, but now you have to manage, you know, e-com and Amazon that we're on, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a lot of stuff. So I'm very thankful to have the team that I have. No, that's amazing. And I also wanted to ask you real quick, I know you're talking about you also outsource. What are the best ways for people to start looking for help? Where can they look for help? Where can they outsource, you know, whatever work they need done? So that way they're yeah. not carrying all that weight on themselves. Well, I think the most important thing to know is like, what are, what are you good at? What can you do? Because there's certain things that people are just incapable of doing. And if they try to do it, they're probably going to spend way too much time. And it's going to really hurt production and they're, you know, for themselves. Like as far as like a, any type of website where like Shopify, like I outsource Shopify and email marketing, which we just, we started a partner with a new company. Like that's so essential to have this automation set up. Um, and we had something, but you know, we, we moved on from another company that didn't do as good of a job. And you, you realize that you got to be very careful of who you're, who you're working with. Cause there's, there's a lot of people that claim to be experts and they, you know, sometimes they just want your money and they don't really care about, it's true. you know, the health of your business. Um, but yeah, that's, it, I think you just need to look and say like, I really, I, maybe I hate doing something. You find, surely should find something for that because you're going to be miserable trying to figure out something that you're not good at. So when, when do you also know, cause I know you also get the notion where it's like, like, I get it. there's, there's 
there's always going to be, you know, things that you don't like to do in your job, but you also have to do certain things because the result of what you love doing is that. Yeah. So when do you know when it's to the point where it's like you said, I know you said the word hate where it's like, okay, I really need to get this off. But at the same time, maybe you don't like doing something, but you know, you should do it right now. So I need to get doing it. Where do you find that, that fine line of like, okay, even if I don't like it, I know I need to do it, but okay, I, this right now I need to pass it on because I know that happens a lot. And some people it just does. be like, Oh, I, I don't like doing this. So this is not for me. And it's just not, no, it's just, you just don't want to put in the work. Yeah. You know, so I mean, where I do think, you find that? I think it, you know, there's certain things that you just have to push through. There's nothing, no magic to it. It's just like, I'm just have to grind this out, whatever it takes. And then, you, you know, you feel good. You got it off your plate. You know, I, I don't think it's, I, I just think the productivity level like is so crucial to your success. You can't be wasting time on things that you're not good at. It's one thing if you're not good at something, it's another thing if you're just like lazy and don't want to do it. You know, sure. like I think it's two different things. You know, you want to have the best people at their specific task. And that's the way you're able to grow because like people are going to be so much better than you at something. Yep. You know, I could be just marginal at a lot of things, but like if I find people that are great, that's just going to help the business, you know, dramatically. So, what are, what are some of the lessons that you've learned and, and some of the characteristic in the people that you do want to work with you as that kind of middleman or, or outsource uh, person that you go to? What are those characteristics and, and what are some of the lessons that you've yeah. learned, you know, by hiring yeah. people that maybe don't uh, get the job done? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think there's a lot of things that go into it because, you know, they have to really understand where we're coming from that's most important. Like we're a startup business. We're not some established corporation that's been around for 10, 15 years that has this, you know, this huge budget that could just spend and don't worry if they're, you know, generating ROI or not, you know, more of a gamble. But I mean, that's, that's the first thing I look for. Um, and you kind of know when someone's kind of like BSing you, um, you know, I mean, I just have like a good feeling for that, you know, but you know, you honestly, you don't know until you try and there, there has to be some type of gamble because there's no guarantees in, in anything, you know, but you hope that you have someone that, um, like someone that I have, uh, someone that does our packaging that we've been, we, we were together since inception. So from the first logo designs that are just like, can't even believe like some of these that I was like choosing between, I was like, my God, like, you know, really bad, <laughs> you know, it's just, I trust these type this type of person because, we know each other from the start, you know, he understood where we were at that stage and, you know, helps us as we grow. Awesome. It's uh, you know, we're, we're almost at that, that hour yeah. mark, man. I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I, I know you're busy. You probably have to get back to work, but I want to thank you, Adam, for coming on. It's awesome to hear that, you know, you're like me, a fellow Syracuse grad. It's, yeah. it's always, uh, always, I didn't know that. Hey, crazy. crazy. I'm a, I'm like an onion, man. I got a bunch of layers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to take the time to appreciate, uh, and say thank you, uh, for coming on and, and sharing your story. And for all of our listeners, I know Mendes is going to have a, a couple of questions, but for all of our listeners, you know, go to Amazon. You guys have your website up now already. Yeah, we act, we sold out of our last product, but when this is probably live, we'll have everything back up Ooh. and running. Great. So, uh, what's the website? Yeah. So, uh, and where can, uh, you know, where can people find you guys on social media? Yeah. So, um, our website is nutsola.com. That's like N U T S O L A.com. And, uh, we have Instagram and TikTok. You could just search like nutsola official and you'll, you'll find a product that someone stole our name, you know, unfortunately, but, <laughs> um, yep. yeah, yeah. Trying to get that check mark, you know, it just takes, takes time. Takes right? time, man. Know. Know. Takes time. We talk about We're that checking on that. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like, how do you get it? He's like, they're like, Oh, you just apply. I'm like, you, apply, like but you, you need you need, yeah. a, you need a ton of uh publication publication yeah. and press that hasn't that's on the outside portion you got to get on a ton of that you gotta yeah. at least have i hear him like every other day like man really i'm trying ones. so hard i'm trying so hard <laughs> yeah. to incredible ones you gotta pop up on that google search and then you see some people you're like how the fuck did yeah. you get that thing you came on a tv show or you popped yeah. up on an appearance and that that got it for you so it's, it's amazing how they kind of you know put that type of prestigious like check mark for things you know it's yep. it's all it's all visual with most people man they just want to they just want to have a box to put you in you know yeah. oh, blue check mark you're 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 legit all right perfect yeah exactly yeah. but brother i gotta say again you know 
we really appreciate it. And I, I'm going to hit you with some questions, but we really appreciate it. And really love, especially meeting you for the first time back in November of 2019 to where you are now in a yeah. year and a half. It's been amazing to see your process, your growth and all that. It, and it's truly remarkable. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that. No, thank you for having me. I mean, to me, like our business is literally just starting. Like it's, it doesn't seem like we've gotten anywhere yet, to be honest. I mean, if I could help anyone, I would love to, you know, anyone could just reach out to me. Appreciate um, that. I'm happy to share whatever information I can, but you know, I think you just have to grind and you just learn from experiences and you know, that's, that's really how I take my day to day. Awesome brother. So I'm gonna hit you with some really quick rapid fire questions right here. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite nut sola flavor? Ooh, banana nut has been my favorite. That's and it's been my favorite too. <laughs> but the crazy thing, it's been the least favorite amongst all of them. I think it's because banana. I think because people just don't like banana for I some reason. Fra- I do. The banana drives me nuts. Number two, <laughs> I was going to ask you, what is, what is the, uh, the one you recommend to everybody to try first? Vanilla almond is the most neutral. It goes well with literally anything. Um, if you're a chocolate lover, cacao almond is incredible. And then peanut butter, people become more obsessed over peanut butter. Like we've been out of peanut butter once and someone, there are people that order 10 bags at a time, Ooh. like just like addicts. I like throwing I some of it. that into the, uh, the smoothie right before I finish the, bl- like I take it off the blender, yeah. throw it in real quick, just blend it, give it one little blast. Yeah. So it's still a little crunchy. You'll, you'll see how versatile it is because you can use it for breakfast or, you know, that sweet tooth, you know, replace those bad sugars with not solely like you're, you know, you're eating dates. You're not going to have this type of like sleep troubles or, you know, energy spikes. It's, it's really a great replacement. Next one. What's the craziest way that you've seen people use your Nutsolo product? I think when I first saw like the cheesecake crust. Wow. That's I was like, Jenny, if you're listening, we better, we better have a Nutsolo cheesecake. (laughs) There's been some crazy things though. No joke. I, I was trying to hold off all these kind of crazy recipes at first. I'm like, well, no, we were like a DIY bar. Like we're not like all this crazy stuff, but then people, the reason why it's because Nutsolo can almost act like play-doh and how it can mm. mold and shape and you gotta come out with a cookbook man Oof. we have we have one but we're trying to build we're trying to build it up we have so if you go to our tag photos it's like it could be our page like these like the influencers and the yeah you know, they're creating these unbelievable like dessert items breakfast items it's like it's so creative our product and that's what i love about like our community love it last question what's the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to all our listeners today um, just gr- honestly, I think anyone can be successful if they grind it out every single day. Um, you learn from your mistakes. Um, I think testing, like when we do farmer's markets, if you, if you want to start a food business, like literally just sample all day, learn about your customers. I know it was a few things, but you know, that's, I think those things are really important, you know, to, for success. Awesome. Thanks, yeah, Adam. Really appreciate we it. appreciate it. Guys, you heard it from Adam himself. Go and grind and go cues. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. right. I'm about to get my cue my cue diploma soon. Uh, yeah, we got to get you a jersey or something. Oh, right. we're gonna get a couple of them. Don't worry. I gotta yeah. get one for the cues Miami games down here. <laughs> All right, everyone. Until yeah. next time. All right. Later. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.